Everyone okay? Yes? No? Is everyone okay? Have you fell asleep on me? You're not allowed to fall asleep on me because you kept me awake last night. So that's just the rules and how it goes. Can we, like, kill the click, clicky fan, if that's all right? Does she think it's like my knuckles? All right, let me read you. Let me read you something real quick out of Luke. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. It says this. This is Jesus talking, and he says, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it, what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. And when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it's well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. And when the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Anyone heard that story before? Anyone heard, read those verses before? I, I, I don't know what happens um, where you're from, but back where I'm from, I grew up in a council estate uh, in our town. And what happens is if one church gets a really good idea, then another church says, let's just do that too. And then let's just do that as well. And then all of a sudden, all of the churches are all doing the same thing. And one thing that every church does, they're called, I don't know what you would call it, but it's like a good news club or a holiday Bible club or a kids sort of thing where kids just come and they teach us some stuff and we sang some songs. And because I, like, I wasn't like a bad kid, um, I, I like to describe myself as like spirited um, or st maybe borderline stubborn or a little bit wild. I had a, I had a brother and we just kind of went out in the morning and came home at night time and the only time in between that we came home was if the police brought us there and uh, my mom was just like, she you know, came to like Easter, so like I loved getting off for holidays, like loved it, loved Easter, loved half term, loved Christmas, loved summer, but it was like the worst time of the year for my mom. But then what happened was, because we were in a council estate, it was like we always got all of these little flyers through the door for holiday Bible clubs. And my mom decided, I'm not going to send you to just one. I'm going to send you to every single one that is going. And so I might have been in a, an Elam church in the morning and then might have been in a Baptist church in the evening and might have been in an Anglican church the next afternoon. And I was just like, I just, all of them. I was in all of them all of the time. And here's, even when I was there, I was trying to work it out because I wasn't really that interested in Jesus. I wasn't really that interested in what was going on. But here's a few things I found out when I was there. If you behave, then you'll get some extra sweets. So, got some extra sweets. And here's the one that you, like, I would boo myself if I was sitting down there. I found out that if you put your hand up during the appeal, that you got extra sweets as well. And so every time they were like, does anyone want to become a Christian? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, you became a Christian yesterday. I know, but I just, like, uh, struggling. And just got extra sweets as well. But I got to every single one. And I found that at some of them, they just taught us some of the same stories. And one of the stories that we learned all of the time in these clubs what do you do you guys do them does that does that happen in england yeah what's it called a holiday club uh, every one of them i was at taught me this story um and sometimes we can hear it we can hear a story or you can read something that jesus said or you can read and you can make your sort of make your mind up on it and then decide 
that's just what that means. And then you never read it again. You just go, I know what that means. Never read it again. And so we just have one perspective. And actually, if we don't go back over some stuff and we don't start to try and say, actually, what else is going on? What else is happening in this story? Then we might just miss the whole point of the whole thing and we just we lose out on so much stuff. I think that that passage that I read out to you is one of those passages. You can decide what, you might have it in your mind already what you think that passage means, but it's going to hopefully come up again. We're going to look at it real quick. Is it there, the second one? No, I'll read it. I'll read it. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. And when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. And when the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Just leave that up for me just now. So, if we look back into this chapter of Luke, all right, it's really helpful if you guys are trying to read some stuff that you look back and see what's happening. You try to find out who it is that Jesus is talking to, trying to find out who's hearing it, because that, that stuff's really important and really what's going on in this story. Jesus had just picked some disciples. He'd picked some people and said, hey, come follow me. And these the guys had set down everything. They're going to go follow Jesus. And then Jesus sits down with them, and he starts to teach them some things. And so they've just decided they're going to follow Jesus, and Jesus sits them down, and he starts to teach. He starts to teach them some things. And these verses, these, this is what he said. This is part of that. There's a couple of chapters in there of all lessons that he taught them. This is one of the lessons that Jesus was going to teach them. So it must be important. It must be important in the journey of trying to follow Jesus. It must be important in the journey <coughs> of trying to stand up for Jesus. It must be important because it's one of the first things. Because he wants to tell people how can we do the best we can in the journey that's ahead. And so Jesus tells them this. This would be one of their foundational teachings. One of the things that they would have to hold to. And it's a word I think it's teaching us about. And it's a word that you might not like. It's a word that you might not enjoy. But we're going to talk about it because we have to talk about it. And it's in there as well. And so the word is obedience. Obedience. Ooh, even, it even looks scary. All right. I know. I really do know. Like, trust me, I haven't been this age forever. I haven't been a youth leader forever. I know that obedience is really difficult. I know that when Andy says, go to bed at 11.30, you don't want to. And you want to mess about until like 2 a.m. and keep me up. And, and I'm not bitter. Uh, but I, I know that when Someone says, I am the guy that walks past the door and it says, do not enter. And I go, what's behind the door? And I want to look. I'm the guy that sees the button that says, don't push the button. And I go, what happens if you push the button? And I'll sometimes push the button. But I, I, am, I understand that it's really difficult. I understand that when so obedience, straight away I start to think of a headmaster. I start to think of all the rules I had in school. I start to think of all of these things. And I really don't enjoy it because we're almost encouraged to like, push against things. We're almost encouraged to rebel. We're almost encouraged to go against what everybody else is saying and to try and do our own thing. We're almost encouraged to act out and act the wrong way. And it's almost like we could wear that like some sort of medal, like, look at us. We're so good. We're so hard. Look at us. And we're trying to do... We're, but Jesus is teaching 
about obedience here, and so we have to think about it. I think what he's trying to teach us is that obedience is just better for you, and it's just better for me. Obedience is just better for us. See, I read those verses a bunch of times, and I was in those, those holiday clubs. I was in there. I was listening, and here's what I was taught. And it's not wrong. I'm just saying this is what I was taught, and this is what I thought for so long, that if you were a Christian, then you were the person that built their house on the rock. And if you weren't a Christian, you built it on the soft ground. And then when life came, because my life was built on Jesus, that the storm wouldn't knock me down. But if the storm came and your life wasn't on Jesus, it would knock you down. Or at first glance, it's cool. But I want us to, can we put up that last slide again with the verses? Let's read through it just again. Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? Jesus is talking to his followers He's talking to, he's not talking to people that don't know him. He's not talking to people that don't want to follow him. He's not talking to people that aren't what we would call Christians. Or he's talking to Christians in this. He's talking to them. He said, why would you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Why would you call me Lord? Why would you say that Jesus is the Lord of your life and then not do what he said? Go on down, it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. That's the person that builds their house on a rock. But verse 49, anyone who hears and doesn't obey, well, that's the person that builds their house on the soft ground. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and it's about obedience. It's not fun. It's not what you want to hear on Saturday afternoon at the weekender, but I promise you it'll change your life and it'll change the world if we just understand. It reminds me of another verse in James 1, 22. It says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Don't just listen, but do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. See, God's plans for us. God's plan for you is really good. <laughs> and we say all the time, God, your plans are so good. We quote all the verses. I know the plans you have for me, God, and plans to prosper me, to give me a future and a hope. But then we don't live like we actually believe it. I don't live like I believe it because I try to do my own thing. He wants what's best for us. And so what he asks of us sometimes might be hard and it might be difficult. And what he asks of you might be difficult sometimes, but it's what's best for us. And it's what's best for you. It's actually for my benefit because he knows that life happens. He knows that storms come. He knows that storms come against all of us. And if a storm hasn't come against you yet, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. It will. Things will happen in your life and it'll be so difficult. And you'll have lots of moments where you think, I don't even know if I want to go on. I don't even know if I want to keep following Jesus or not. And Jesus knows that that's going to happen to all of us. And so he lays down some teaching and he said, in the middle of it, if you'll just do what I say, you'll be okay. If you'll just do what I've said, you'll be okay. If you'll just follow all that I've told you to do. Because he doesn't want my life and he doesn't want your life to crumble every time things go wrong. I had a friend for years and you know, whenever life was really good, he loved Jesus more than anyone I know. You see, when his life was bad, wasn't even interested, didn't go to church, didn't want to know. Why? Because he wanted to do his own thing. 
He wasn't trying to build his life upon a rock. His life crumbled every time a storm came and it wasn't fun for him. And so because Jesus knows that and he wants what's best for us, he sets us some guidelines. He says, if you'll just do these things. And it's not the big book of rules that you think that it is. It's not all of it. It's just some guidelines that we have to live our lives by. And it'll help us to stand no matter what life throws at us. And so what does, what does obedience look like today? What does obedience look like today to you and for me? Because it sounds like it's difficult, but it's actually one of the most freeing things. It's just this question. I ask myself this question all of the time. What is God saying? And then that's what I'll do. What's God saying? That's what I'll do. When I see people that are on the outside, what does God say? Well, Jesus included everyone. Okay, that's what I'll do. What about that person that nobody loves? Well, Jesus loved everyone. So that's what I'll do. When my mom and my dad are really winding me up, well, God said I should honor them. So that's what I'll do. When I see someone in need, Jesus told me to be generous. So that's what I'll be. It's easy. It's what does Jesus say? What does God say? That's what I'm going to do at each and every stage of our lives. And ask the guys from the band if they want to jump up. Well, don't just jump at the back, like walk to the front and get on an instrument. What does God say? Because that's what I'm going to do. And it sounds, obedience sounds like it's a big night. But what does God say? Because the, the, the truth is that God only ever leads me towards life. We sang it, this is living. It, it, he only ever leads us towards life. He only ever leads us towards good. And so why would he say anything that would bring me in any other direction except towards life and towards good? And so if he asks me to do something, it's because it's leading me towards life and towards good. And it might be hard and it might be difficult and we might not understand and we might not have it all together, but it leads me towards life and it leads me towards good. And so whatever he says, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever he says. And you know what's really, what's really good? See now, because that's how I try to live my life, I don't need the world around me to tell me what to do. I don't need them to. Because God's told me. And that's what I'm going to do. I'll stand on whatever God's told me to do, regardless of what everyone else. We talked about it last night. How do we make a stand? Well, when everyone else is going this way, I'll just stand here because this is where God said to be and this is what God said to do and it doesn't change whenever other people's opinions change and it doesn't change whenever what other people think of me change and it doesn't change when everyone else tries to do something else what has God said to me then that's what I'm going to do see when God says something to you you only have two options you've got two options obedience or disobedience that's it. Maybe it's disobedience. Later, it's disobedience. I've got two options. God says something, I either do it or I don't. That's all we've got. It's not that encouraging, I know, but <laughs> I promise it leads you towards life and it leads you towards good. We have two options. 
anything other than my yes is a disobedience. And I want us to be young people. I want, well, I'm including myself still. I want you to be young people that regardless of what goes on, regardless of what goes on around you, that you're asking the question, what's God saying? All my friends are trying to do this. What's God saying? My family's going through a crisis. What's God say? And I promise you it changes things. See, I don't need the world to tell me what to do. I do what God says. And I've noticed, I don't know if you're old enough to have noticed yet, but I've noticed that laws will change, that culture will change around you, that even truth changes around you. What's true today might not be true tomorrow, apparently. Politicians change. Brexit happens. Everything's all up in the air. Who knows? Might need a visa to come see you again. But everything moves and everything changes and people come into our lives and people leave our lives and everything moves and everything changes. And so when I'm trying to find out where in this world am I going to place my feet, I'm going to find the thing that never moves and the thing that never changes. And that's every word that comes from God. Every word. Everything he said. I'm going to put my feet right there. And I don't care what moves around me or what even tries to move within me or what people try to say around me or who comes into my life or who leaves my life. God will never leave and God will never change. And so I put my feet on him and every word that he said. And so when everything goes wrong and those storms come, I know that I'll still be standing at the other side of it. Even when I doubt, even when I'm afraid, even when I don't feel it, even when I don't like it, even when I don't understand it, even when the people I love the most are doing the other thing, I'm going to stand on what God said. And I'm going to do that. And you know, I'm trying to get to a place in my life where I'm not even trying to understand it. I'm just saying, God, I will do what you said just because you said it just because you said it. Because the more I get to know him, the more I know that he really cares about me. The more that he doesn't just say things to see me jumping through some sort of spiritual hoops to see if I will do things. He's not, that's not who he is. I'm starting to understand that he's not my headmaster and he's waiting to see if I'll make a mistake so he could put me in detention. He's not, he's, not that, he's not that person. He's my father and he wants what's best for me. And when I was younger, my parents said some things to me and told me to do some things that were just for my benefit. My mom told me, don't drink the bleach. And it's not because she wanted to drink all the bleach to herself. It was because it was bad for me. And even though I didn't understand it as a kid, I just didn't do it because she said it. She didn't let me play in front of cars. I didn't know. But I just did it because she knows what's best for me. When she told me not to go somewhere, I didn't go because she knew what was best for me. And I trust God. God, you know what's best. Because he has a little bit more life experience than all of us. And so he knows some things. You know, my story, I find that most of the times God asks me to do something, whatever he's asking me to do is far too big for me. Far too big for me. Some examples just 
real quick. I remember I was praying once. I was reading all these miracles in the Bible. I was saying, God, I'm not seeing loads of miracles. I really want to see some. I really want to be part of it because the Bible, I feel like God in the Bible, Jesus told us to heal the sick. I said, Jesus, I want to do that. God's going to heal your leg because he told me to do it. And even if he doesn't, it's like we heard last night, I'm going to do it anyway because that's what he said. Do you know, it's the first time I stood and watched God heal somebody like right in front of my eyes. Like I watched it. I watched it as one leg just grew to the legs of the other leg. And he went back to the doctors and the doctor took him off the medication and the doctor took him off the painkillers and the doctor took him out of the physio and says he just, he's cool now. Like he went back to playing sports. He, just a wee moment of obedience was far too big for me. And so maybe because God said that, maybe later on tonight we'll pray for some people. If that's okay with you. I... I felt like God told me when I was finishing up Bible college to go to America, which sounds really nice, but we didn't have any money. I felt like God said, you're going to go to America. And I felt like he told me some places to go and some people to see. And so I thought, okay, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So I started thinking, how am I going to pay for the flights? And then I got a phone call from someone and said, hey, I'd love to pay for some flights for you. Are you going somewhere? I said, yep, I am. Kind of thought about, let's throw in a cheeky little trip to the Caribbean and but I just, this is where I feel like God said, and they said, that's cool because God gave us this figure, and here they were being obedient. I was trying to be obedient. Cool, lights are paid. But I was a student. I was already like eating like super noodles every day and trying to like have every free dinner I could get. And I worked out that to be there and for my accommodation and my food and my transport and everything I would need, I would probably need for the, I think I, I could be there for 90 days. In those 90 days, I'd probably need about 2,000 pounds. Sounds like a lot of money. I promise you, it doesn't go very far. And here I am, I'd need 2,000 pounds. Worked it out. If I save every penny that I get and don't spend one, I'll have about 700. But God said, to go. I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? And I was trying not to like, trying to like talk to people and all, trying not to hang out with my rich friends. Um, I, prom- I felt like God told me in the process, you see that car you've got? Whenever you go away, you need to give it to your cousin. Just give it to him. Let him have it. Like it wasn't worth much, but it might have got me like 500 quid or something. You need to give it to him. Okay. Starts to save. Gets to two weeks before I go. I have 600 pounds saved. I needed to eat with the other 100 driving down the road, car breaks. Uh, went to the mechanic. Guess how much it was going to cost to fix it? 600 pounds. I was like, oh, it's okay, I'll just phone him and tell him. And God said, did I tell you to give it to him or not? I'm like, yeah. Maybe I'll give him a broken car. And the guy goes, like, no, fix it. So I go to the bank and I take out every penny that I've saved for this trip that I'm going on in two weeks' time. And I pay the car, and I give it to my cousin, and he's thrilled, and I am devastated. Like, I am panicking. Like, how am I going to tell my mom that I have nowhere to go? I have nowhere to be. I have no money for food or accommodation. How am I going to? And God said, did I tell you to go or not? It was far too big for me. It was far too big for me. So I went to church that weekend. 
when I had in my head I needed 2,000 pounds, I didn't say one thing to anyone, like nobody knew, apart from one friend, a guy called Craig, some of you know him, he's not the guy to talk to when you feel like that, because by the end of the conversation I had decided I was just going to bring a sleeping bag and I'll sleep wherever I have to, because God said it, went to church that weekend, now, I left church that day with 2,200 pounds, just from people that said, yeah, I think I should give this to you, went to America with 2,200 pounds on my first place there who knew America was so big they said to me you're going to need to hire a car I said oh goodness how much is it for this first two weeks it's like 400 quid like ah didn't account for that and I really felt like God said don't look at your money don't look at it just do what you need to do so I just did what I needed to do and every time I went to buy something I put the card in and was like ah what's it going to do going to go through is it not going to go through did the whole trip went to Florida New York Seattle got to see some incredible things God revolutionized my life like transformed my life I left Northern Ireland as this angry Christian that everyone else was a sinner and going to hell and when I came home I just loved people and I loved Jesus more than I ever had and I feel like I looked more like him than I ever had and I can really see why he brought me on that trip. I got the whole way there, went home, said to myself, I wonder is there any money left on that card? Hadn't thought about it. So I went to the bank machine, put it in, 20 pounds. Oh, there's 20 pounds. I wonder if there's another 20. That's right, it's 20 pounds. Maybe there's 50. What if there's 50 pounds? I had no job, I hadn't, I hadn't got my job yet, I had nothing, so anything that was coming out here was going to do me until I found a job. 50, cool, 90 pounds, brilliant. What if there's 100? There wouldn't be another 100. Typed it, there it is. I get a wee bit bold now and I'm like, oh, let's see what happens. Do you know I stood at that thing, there's a queue behind me at the ATM, I didn't care because I was just like crying because God was being so good in a moment. I lifted 700 pounds out of that account. I don't know how it happened, but you know what? The other side of obedience is always better because there's some stuff that happens in our life and we're in a season in our life right now where we really have to trust God for provision. And you know what? I know that God can do that. And so the other side of obedience is always better. The other side of it's always better. And I'm really thankful and you should be really thankful that Jesus didn't just talk about obedience, but there's this moment, there's this moment where he's in this garden and he's praying and he's prayed for you and he's prayed for me and he understands what he's about to go through on the cross. He understands that people are about to beat him and abuse him and they're gonna call him names and they're gonna spit at him and they're gonna make fun of him and he understands all of that's about to happen. He understands at the same time that the father who he loves and he's so close to is about to take all of our sin and place it on him and he's in this garden and he's praying and he asks God God could you take this away God what you're asking me to do he understood the difficulty in what God was asking him to do God could you take it away but then he prays this prayer not my will but your will be done. Not what I want, 
what would you want, Lord? It's just obedience. Hebrews 12, 2 tells us that he did it for the joy that was set before him. And do you know what that joy was? You and me. And the fact that we get to walk with him. The other side of obedience is always better. It's always better. If we can be people that we're always asking the question, what is God saying? And making a decision that that's what we'll do. And I promise you, you'll stand. And you'll change the world. Would you stand with me? Let me pray for you all. When we all close our eyes, why don't we focus in on Jesus for just a second. Let's not be talking to the people around us because Jesus might be trying to talk to you and I promise you whatever he says is better than what they're about to say to you. Jesus, what do you want us to do? Jesus, I pray that we would just have ears and eyes that are open to what it is that you're saying. That we would be people that would read the stories of all that you've done and all that you've said and we would do our best to follow. That we would hear what you're saying at any moment and we'll do our best to follow that we'll choose obedience because we know that you want what's best for us we know that you love us we know that you care for us we know that your plans are good and you never ask us to do anything that might bring us to harm even if we don't understand and so would you make us bold and courageous and strong that we'll stand up and regardless of what everyone else is saying we will do what you've said just because you've said it. We thank you for your example, Jesus, of someone who steps in obedience. 